Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Thanks for entering the NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Wes Johnson out in California, Jason Bolin in the Midwest, South Dakota, and Yannick Eckhart from Germany joining us tonight to talk about the wild card round of the postseason. Yes, there are six games on the menu, and all of them will determine who advances beyond the divisional round to meet the two teams with bye weeks that are the Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to break down game by game with predictions and get all the playoffs in a lasso for you. First, though, BetOnline remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Everything from NFL and pro, uh, excuse me, bowl season to eSports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports leagues <clears throat> and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And if you use this promo code BLEAV, believe you'll receive the rewards, the 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. NFL Trend Zone, January 11th. It is Wild Card Weekend. Wes has been around with me this whole ride on the show, and I'd say that. This show, next week's show, maybe right before the draft and maybe like right before the regular season are the most exciting shows because they're just built-in talking points and the playoffs are as good as it gets. We have six matchups. So what we're going to do is methodically go down the line and give predictions, insights, upset specials, the whole hoopla on each division. Uh, Mr. Bowling, where do you want to start, AFC or NFC? It's uh, you know what? I'm game for whatever. I'm excited for them all. All right, let's go AFC. Uh, we'll go down the line. Dolphins, presumably led by Skyler Thompson, the rookie who's deceptively fast. Let me tell you what, Wes and I were there in a suite and we said, This son of a bitch has got some wheels <laughs> going up against the Bills, who's everybody's favorite. They were everybody's fashionable favorite Super Bowl pick before the near tragedy with DeMar Hamill. And now everybody and the quite, you know, their cousin are be like, this is a team of destiny. So tell us, Jason, what are your thoughts on dolphins undermanned at bills? This will not be close at all. <laughs> I'm with you. Nope. Yeah, no, this, this will look and people are going to look at this game and be like, how did the dolphins even get into this mix? Um, and then you got, you throw in the record that they already have with, uh, you know, games under 40 degrees. I mean, I expect a complete route. Um, I would not be surprised if this is like something like 35, 10, maybe mm-hmm. even worse. That's being generous. <laughs> I, I mean, they, the Dolphins have zero chance at even making this competitive. Wes, this was your team back when it was at full strength and it was the anti-concussion version of Tua. And that has completely derailed him, derailed Mike McDaniel's first year, although they still made to the postseason. So these aren't your Wes Johnson's Dolphins any longer. So you get a pass there, sir. They were cooking eight and three, I believe, uh, finished season one and five. I'm going to guess that even you don't have optimism for this. Prove me different. No, no, I don't. (laughs) Um, And to be fair, I picked Buffalo yeah. uh, to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I said that they wouldn't win the division, that Miami would take it, which I think they were on track to at least be in the running for that uh, prior to uh, Tua going out. Uh, I will say this about Miami. Uh, I'd read somewhere that um, this Mike McDaniel offense is incredibly difficult on quarter on quarterbacks. And in a way it, it, it's kind of tailor made for Tua and his skill set. And so um, I think without having Tua in there, that's, you know, we're, we're seeing the lack of explosiveness from Waddle from Hill that we saw all season when Tua was in there. So um, it is a divisional matchup, so I don't necessarily believe it'll be a crazy blowout, but they, the NFL tucked it in on the <laughs> Sunday morning uh, early slot. That was supposed to be our reason. spot, damn it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, before uh, the Sunday night football ended, I, I sent out to the guys my prediction on on where everything would slot. That was mm-hmm. predicated on the belief that the NFL would do what they could to get Rodgers and the mm-hmm. Packers into the playoffs. Um, and I was pretty close on, on everything yeah, I had on there. Um, but, yeah, this one, I, I think, with DeMar Hamlin being discharged from the hospital, I believe that he shows up, uh, really ignites the team, the crowd, yes. and it's just going to be uh, a frenzy. Um, I, I think the the one hope for Miami is, you know, maybe emotions are a little too high. Um, maybe the Bills get out to an early lead and then – let their their foot off the pedal and Miami sneaks back in. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And I will say real quick before we let uh, Janet go, I also have the bills winning the Super Bowl documented on this show, just to give you a heads up and, and, and what a miracle with Hamlin too. No, unbelievable. It was so great to see those positive, you know, updates throughout the week. Just incredible. Yeah, especially from, I think some of us on the show are just conditioned to be doomsday thinkers. Like, you know, you just kind of think of the worst and then if the good stuff happens, good. But it's like, since that happened, as nasty and as tragic as we felt it was going to be, every day has a new seedling of good news. And it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's 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 inspiring, it's emotional, and it's just, it's really cool. Yannick? You know, yeah, mm-hmm. and and another thing too, I'll mention on it, it's, it's, it's really kind of, you know, it, in the in the world in which we live, with the deep political, you know, politicization on a lot of different things, this this has united a lot of folks too, from yeah. what I've seen, and it's it's just incredible to see. It's it's such a such a refreshing thing to see. Yes. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, because we, I think we all know, outside of like a couple fringe people in our orbits, like we're all we, we're good, capable of this good, and when yeah. it comes down to it, our fellow man, we're usually going to protect, take care of them. It just feels like in the last five, six, seven years that <laughs> we're just dug into our own little trenches. But this yeah. one was a galvanizer. Yannick, the Bills are thirteen point favorites. The line moved by three or so when the Skylar Thompson news dropped. Do you have any ulterior takes? Dolphins Bills. Um, I think you guys all already hit on on the main the main points. Um, if Tua was playing, they maybe have a chance to to have 
to make it a close game. Um, he's hitting Tyreek and Waddle for a big play every now and then, but Skylar Thompson, no chance. No <laughs> chance. <laughs> Even if it's a division game, um, but against the Bills, uh, they are really red hot. And yeah, uh, the Hamlin incident that even energized the team. There's, I don't think Dolphins can make it a close game. Wes, this reminds me of the Vikings in 2012 getting in the postseason, drawing the Packers card, but then the Vikings also don't have Adrian Peterson. It feels that daunting, like, oh my mm. goodness, how is this going to work out? I, I just, like, if Tua was playing and he hadn't had three concussions, I would say, yes, they have a puncher's chance, even though they suck in the cold. Yes, I, I'm really excited to see this game, but I, I think it's going to be even more of a blowout than Jason predicted. I'm thinking like 44 to 10 uh, bills. I just think they, they're going to start early, start often, and then we'll do the thing on Sunday night. We're like, well, it was Skylar Thompson. You know, of course this happened. Um, but yeah, poor, poor Dolphins because they really looked good. They did not feel like a fluke. Um, assuming Tua gets back and doesn't keep getting these concussions, uh, I really think that they're on to something. Uh, I'm glad for McDaniel's sake that they reached the postseason because their fans can be like, all right, we got the right guy there. Because if they had collapsed all the way out of the postseason spot, then you have to do the rigmarole of, well, was he the right guy for the job? And all that bullshit. Yeah, and, I, and then, well, and then one more thing. I just mm-hmm. went back a couple of games to check on the stats for these receivers with the Dolphins. And, and you go back to the last game that Tua played in against the Packers. And, uh, you know, both of their heavy hitters, Waddle and Hill, both eclipse 100 yards easily with four or five catches. Mm-hmm. And and then you go to their last two games and they're <laughs> lucky to get 40. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's incredible. The drop, well, you know, you know, firsthand that even if Bridgewater is well, when Bridgewater plays, let's say that like he was ready to go, which isn't going to be the case. He doesn't even feed wide receivers. No, no. <laughs> yeah, so they were screwed uh, from the from the onset when Tua went down. Well, there's, and I don't know if this is jargon or not, but one last thing I'm going to say about this Dolphins team is I heard that Mike McDaniels might get his exit papers. I, I cannot believe that that's accurate. Um, I didn't read too much into it, but I know there'd be a lot of teams lining up yeah. for his services if I, that were the case. I think that, that would was be crazy. I think that was the drum being banged when it looked like they were going to somehow not make the postseason last weekend. Um, but yeah, I'm with, with the rest of you that there's just no, no, the guy, I know it only was nine and eight or whatever, but it's really not his fault when your quarterback has three scary concussions in two and a half months or whatever it was. Yeah, and when he was in, it was electric. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yannick. So let's start with you since we, we stole all your takes from Bill's dolphins. Uh, the next matchup would be the undermanned, probably undermanned Ravens against the Bengals who are hotter than the sun. Break it down for us. Um, uh, it's a another divisional matchup. Um, AFC North games are always low scoring, close games coming down to the wire. But again, without La, without Lamar Jackson, probably without Lamar Jackson, um, I think the Bengals are a better team, and especially their offense is. Electric and the defense in the playoffs last year was outstanding. They stopped Mahomes. They stopped. Uh, yeah, that they are really good, and their defensive coordinator should get some some chances uh, to interview for head coaching positions. Um, I think Blue Amaru is his name. Um, yeah, I think 
I like the Bengals in this one. And yeah, they got a good team. By how many points? Like we talking 14 or so or what? Um, they are 8.5 point favorites. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's eighth AFC North. So I think it's one touchdown, but I like the Bengals. Okay. Uh, so Wes, you do you expect Lamar to be out and it'll be the Huntley show or what? Yeah, uh, I believe he'll be out. Um, I, I was hoping he'd play, and then this would be a closer contest. I still had uh, Cincy um, winning this one, but with him being out, even though it's divisional, um, I, I think Cincy will uh, put their foot on uh, Baltimore's throat and take care of business. By how many points? Um. I will say, what was it, eight and a half was uh, mm-hmm. the spread? Mm-hmm. I will say that they won't cover. Uh, they they win by seven. Jason, uh, let's see, which Harbaugh? John Harbaugh is one of the better coaches in the league, probably top five or so. Do you think that he will bring the boys ready to play, even if it's Mr. Huntley or Mr. Brown? You know, I think he will. I, I You have to believe that he will. Um, I have... Going all the way back to the beginning of the season, even in our preseason rankings, I didn't have the 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 Ravens um, in in quite the tier that I think a lot of folks did. Um, but they're always they're always guaranteed to play tough, um, kind of like the Steelers. Every team in that division, um, but the Bengals, though you nailed it. I mean, th- those guys are just red hot, playing good quality football at the exact right time. Um, and I did say midseason that because my team was so horrendous <laughs> that I was going to turn into a Bengals fan, specifically for those white uniforms. Though those are yep. those are clean. Um, but I mean, you got Higgins, you got um, Chase. I mean, you got Boyd, Burrow. I mean, it's you know, their defense is very serviceable. I like the Bengals. If I was if I didn't preseason rank the Bills to get to the bowl, I'd be switching it to the Bengals. Uh, I love I love what they're doing there. I think the I know the Ravens special teams is a top three bunch, and that's because that's John Harbaugh's bread and butter. So I think this one will be closer, certainly closer than that little nugget I dropped about Bills Dolphins, and I think. Ugh, I really, I can see Baltimore's de- defense coming, doing something special, but I will go with the group and say the Bengals between four and seven, uh, mainly because it is that NFC North bout. Uh, before I get into the next one, Wes, one of the things that we've said. 28-17, my prediction. 28-17, gotcha. <laughs> uh, Wes, there's a couple things we say on this show every year. The first one is that not all of the quarterback draft class is going to be good. In fact, at least half of it will suck. The other thing that you famously talk about, sir, is that half the league won't make the postseason of teams that uh, didn't that did get there last year. And bada bing, seven new teams from 2022 playoffs that did not make it last year are there. So it's almost a ritual that when we're chilling in August or September and we're coming up with our playoff teams, you better subtract six to eight because those bitches aren't making it. Uh, it's become a science by now. And I don't, know it if it's, I don't know if it was always like that when we were kids and stuff. But now with seven teams, 
you it's so tempting when you're making your preseason predictions for the regular season to kind of emulate what happened last year. The best bet to is not do that anymore. You got to go <laughs> yeah. pick the dark horses because you it's guaranteed that at least six teams are going to be new in the dance. So God, that's a lot of teams. too. Is. Yeah, it's it's yeah. remarkable. All right, Yannick, uh, this is one of the more intriguing games of the docket. Unquestionably, the Chargers, who are favored by two, who have just this glorious roster against the upstart Jaguars, who I wish Cody was on the show because he fell in love with them before and during the season. They snuck in. They they beat the they went on got on a hot streak and beat the Titans, who just ran out of gas. So I think this is probably the one if you're picking. Uh, the, the national body politic picks like, you know, oh, I think blah, blah, blah is going to win. This one probably splits the community the most. What do you got for Chargers at Jaguars? Uh, I like the Jaguars. They are hot at the right time. And the, the Chargers just won four of their last five. But the wins were against the Titans, the Colts, and the Rams, and the Dolphins. So... <laughs> Not not quite elite teams, especially the offenses were really bad. They played so uh, they skewed some skewed some uh, defensive stats, and I think think Trevor Lawrence will get his first playoff win in a battle of two good quarterbacks in their first playoff game. So I'm a I'm a psycho and I crunch numbers at this point in the year to try to come up with the perfect formula on who's going to get to the Super Bowl. Never quite works out, but I can tell you based on the last five games of the season, the Chargers are one of the best teams in the league, but it's probably a byproduct of the schedule that Yannick just talked about. They are playing good football, but it's against diminished opponents. Jason, intriguing matchup, Chargers, who you know pretty well from your Bronco fandom at the Jaguars. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, let's not forget about the the when they finally ran into a superior opponent that last game of the season. (laughs) what happened there right uh but no i i'm i'm with yannick i i got the jags in this one i think they're hungrier i think you know i'm gonna go on a bold bold take here and i'm gonna say the chargers not only get bounced but that is the reason that their head coach is fired Ooh, boy! playoff team firing their head coach because they can't get it done against what should be an inferior opponent it should be to them um but i think that i think the jags take this one and um and i think uh la is where sean payton goes as well Ooh, okay so ultimately not the broncos for payton but maybe harbaugh and then payton slides into the, the chargers the thing that's weird about sean payton i get it he had Breeze and blah blah blah. The guy won one Super Bowl in like eighteen Twelve. years. Yeah, and we yeah. treat we treat him like, oh, who's going to get Peyton? And he's a good football coach, but yeah, but I never understood it either. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and and I know uh, Benjamin Albright talks about it a lot. And five losing seasons with Breeze <laughs> in his prime. Yeah. But then everybody's <laughs> like, well, it was the it was the defense's fault though, right? But I mean, you know what? That's good. That's not. No, no, that doesn't work when you're the head coach. You got to figure that shit out, homie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that excuse that you can use that for Breeze personally if you really yep. want to, but not for Sean Payton. Oh. Uh, so and I know that everybody loves him and he's an offensive guru, uh, but I, I just don't quite see it. So, Wes, when I go pick up my kids every day at three o'clock, I usually have ESPN mm-hmm. radio on in the vehicle. And they were talking kind of what Jason was that 
if the Chargers lose, that they need to do a Mark Jackson, Steve Kerr thing to get this roster where it needs to be. And that is, you know, go get somebody who can coach Herbert before his, they have to pay him $250 million. Uh, that's, that's the bird's eye view. What do you have for Chargers Jaguars? Yeah, the, I mean, the Chargers are coming in. They played in one of the tougher uh, divisions with one of the tougher schedules uh, with the um, AFC West matched up against the NFC West. Um, they are kind of hitting on all cylinders. The offense uh, at times has looked pretty lethal. Uh, Mike Williams, he had a back flare-up uh, this last game. He possibly won't play. Um, they are favored by two points going into Jacksonville. Uh, with all that said, uh, Jacksonville is going to take this one. Really? <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Well, West you were, Coast teams no, that don't was Cody do well that was high on traveling all the way to the East Coast. Um and then add to that, this is a, a Jacksonville team that that has also been equally red hot. Um, I think that uh, having Doug Peterson at the helm, he's really gotten a lot out of this team um, as they've progressed through the season. I think they started two and six, and he has completely turned around and righted the ship. Uh, and these, this plethora of young players that Jacksonville has, uh, they have started to grow into their role. So um, I, I think the uh, Jaguars, they take care of business at home um, against the Chargers. I guess I'm the one white sheep here because I do think the Chargers will prevail. I'm going on roster talent on this one. I think Staley does know the heat is on, um, even if he won't say it out loud. And I think I trust Herbert a little bit more, just a smidgen, than Lawrence. And I really think it would be it would be enough for the Jaguars to get there and be all excited about next year. I think it is Herbert's time before Lawrence. And I still have the the memory before the Jags got hot of losing to the Texans, Giants, Colts, Broncos. No offense, um, but. So I, I I think I'm the lone one. I think the Chargers are going to look pretty good and pull it out by about three. And I know that that's – go ahead. Think about the roller coaster the Jags put us on, though. Remember the beginning of the year? Yeah. We were talking about the, well, this this team might be for real. We were giving Cody props and all this and that, yep. and then all of a sudden they came back down to earth, and then now they're right back up there. What an interesting year for them. Yeah, it's the same in the inverse, the same thing on this show alone with the Titans. So yeah. they started 0-2, and I remember doing the talker in our week three show that if they lose, this is probably the end of the Titans' little run, if you even want to call it that. And then they won like five in a row, and yes. we did the thing where like we wrote the obituary too soon, and then they lost like their last seven games. Yes! Yes! So, oh, man. So with the Titans, we've been all over the board, and finally, I think mm -hmm. basically, even, even before Tannehill got hurt, and I think it was a Henry got hurt. I think that's when they really started, rightfully so, to diminish. And you know, you couldn't trust Malik Willis, which was very weird. Uh, like, if you can't trust that guy to play in a week 17 meaningless game, then, man, you must have really struck out on that pick. Uh, but, yeah, it's been an odyssey for both of those AFC North teams. Really awesome. 
that uh, that brings us to the NFC. And let's see, let's start off with probably the most interesting one, which is Bucks and Cowboys. Yannick, what you have here is a Cowboys team that most of us expect to get all hyped. And this is our year. And they do dumb shit and they lose. And But then they're going against the Bucks, who haven't hit their stride all year. Usually when a Brady team gets their poop in a group for the postseason, they look really hot and they're like, all right, here we go. But this would just kind of be like holding out hope that Brady will be Brady. So where do you fall? And this game is at Tampa in Cowboys at Bucks. Um, I think I said it two weeks ago on the show. Uh, I don't trust Mike McCarthy, but I think the Cowboys are the far superior team. Um, Bucks have looked like trash for, for like three and a half quarters every <laughs> single week, and then they they turn it on. But I think that's that won't be enough against the Cowboys. Um, Doug is Doug Prescott is under a lot of pressure, and I think this time he'll get it done. And get rid of some of the narratives around him. All right, Jason, here's the deal. Uh, so I know that you're probably about to give a Brady speech, which you should. Um, but at the end of this day of this Wednesday evening, we're talking about an eight and nine football team. Yeah, for real. That is hosting and probably could have been nine and eight. Or they would have been nine and eight if they had something to play for because they played the Falcons. But where do you stand on not wanting to pick against Brady, but realizing that they have been a 500 football team for the whole year. Well, I don't, I don't know. Right. Unlike uh, Yannick, I haven't really watched them play this year. I mean, I heard about Mike Evans, huge game a few weeks ago. Uh, I mean, they still have Godwin, right? I mean, they still have Fournette, who's capable of running the ball. Um, at least I think he is, um, their defense is, is, is reasonable from what I know. But maybe none of that's true anymore. No, their defense uh, is still good. Yeah. And so, I mean, you get to the playoffs, and if you could get at least a game or two of reasonable running out of Fournette, um, you know, I don't know how banged up their O-line is. Is is Tristan Wirfs playing? Is or is he, he out? I don't know. I can't remember. See, I, know I don't Jensen's know. back. Yeah, I mean, I so I don't have the exact details. But I know that what I do know is that those guys are all – good um and it it appears as though as yannick said the the cowboys stat wise is far superior to Mm -hmm. this team right now but they still got some playmakers on the team they still got quality athletes and have been there before i i i I don't know i think that they could put together you know three good games um will they you know i will see We'll see. I don't have any predictions other than that. I I, I do like the Bucks here, um, with it being at home and um, the Cowboys being the Cowboys. And I don't trust Mike McCarthy either. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it's so funny how Jerry's absolutely married to him. He said again this week that uh. A one and done wouldn't affect him one bit. And I'm like, All right, I, just, you do you. I, just, I just remember how much Rogers hated him <laughs> towards the end. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Mean mugging him. But he mean mugs everybody. So what yeah, really he does. Now, now we a, know that. But. Right. A passage. Yeah. All right. So, Wes, here's what none of us on the show have mentioned. Uh, so way back in week one, the Buccaneers beat the Cowboys and the Cowboys looked like somebody's ass. And then this week, the Cowboys <laughs> played their starters and they looked like somebody's ass. Mm-hmm. So. What are we doing here with the Cowboys, Wes? 
Yeah, they they definitely didn't enter um, <laughs> the playoffs uh, how they they wanted to. Um, I'll give credit to to Washington. Um, you know they they weren't playing for anything other than pride at that point, and I think they wanted to go out and impose their will as much as they could on on the Cowboys. Um, so take that for for what you will. Um, in this game, though, I I do have the Cowboys. Uh, I I think Mike McCarthy will ultimately uh, spell the Cowboys' failure. Um, and they do have a tendency to lay an egg uh, every few games. It it seems. Uh, I just I can't get behind a team and a division uh, like the <laughs> NFC South, where it was yes. rumbling, fumbling, stumbling for three teams down <laughs> down the line. Like which one of these idiots is gonna secure? the flag to take the division to make the playoffs. And I I just can't get behind like with that division, they should have at least cemented their position in the playoffs two weeks ago Mm -hmm. at minimum. And the fact that it came all the way down to the last game of the season, it, I I don't care if they, you know, got hot at the end of the year. I I just, I don't see, the dysfunction on this Bucks team being enough to be overcome to make any kind of uh, real statement in the playoffs. So uh, I think Dallas, they have enough to outlast in this uh, this matchup. Is that is that dysfunction you speak of, Wes? Is that it? The only thing it has to be coaching, doesn't it? It very well could be. Yeah, I mean, they don't have Arians anymore. And Yannick nailed it on the head, and it's no exaggeration. They play like poop for about two and a half hours, and then all of a sudden, like Brady's Brady, and you're like, "Oh, of course they were going to do this." Yeah, it it almost has to be every game. Yeah. So here's where I'm at, and you guys are going to know what I'm talking about. So you're going to be watching this football game Monday night, and let's say, even though we're just making predictions, let's say Jason. Wes, let's say you put 700 bucks on the Cowboys money line. There's going to come a point in the game when Brady's doing his thing. You're going to be like, why didn't I realize at home Brady was going to pull this out? And I've been torn. This is the only game where I'm absolutely torn because the, the Cowboys are far superior statistically roster evidently because the bucks haven't shown up and Wes's point is absolutely bulletproof about how shitty that division is it's not like uh, attrition where the best team survived it was like which imbecile is going to win and it's so bizarre so Mm -hmm. i'm by every fiber of analysis and statistics you're supposed to pick the cowboys but i know monday night at about 9 30 i'm gonna be like did i really pick against brady in a wild card game and so my soul is saying Bucks, and therefore, because they're at home, I'm going to say the Bucks by three. And the only reason I'm doing that is because of Thomas Brady. All right. Now, here's the most intriguing game aside from the Vikings for me. 
Jason, I'm going to start with you. It's San Francisco hosting the Seattle Seahawks. And let me check notes here. The Seahawks are underdogs by 10 points. In the Pete Carroll era, the Seahawks are 18 and 9 against 49ers under against about five different coaches. So he has their number. However, the Niners have won both games this year. The reason I'm curious about how the hell it shakes down is because if the 49ers lose, then the Vikings get a second home game if they beat the Giants. But I'm sure this is all just smoke and optimism to find ways that hopefully the Seahawks can beat the 49ers. What is your realistic take, Jason? Well, in, inwardly, I'm hoping that they do as well, uh, because we have the 49ers first round pick this year that we got from the Dolphins. So the sooner that they can get bounced, the better it is for me. Um <laughs> But I, you know, the the Niners are like the my, the Bengals in the NFC for me. I mean, everybody. I mean, they they are playing such mm-hmm. good football. I and this, you know, Brock Purdy is. It, I don't know whether or not I believe a hundred percent in him, but I believe a hundred percent in Kyle Shanahan and what he's capable of doing. And this guy's having a heyday with all these this arsenal of weapons that he can go to. So I just don't know how the the Seahawks can 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 pull this one off but if there is going to be an upset this is going to be it oh, yeah. uh just because of you know what you alluded to Pete Carroll mm-hmm. um Pete Carroll's a hell of a coach too that's been proven this year <laughs> without a doubt um so you know I I don't uh I don't have too many I, I didn't really want to pick any upsets but I'm going to pick this one we'll, we'll go Seattle Oh boy. I was hoping somebody would so I can get some optimism out of it. Yeah, you well, I don't know how I'm doing that, right? I just <laughs> that, that's that's the weirdest, hottest take ever. But I mean, really, I mean, because the, the Niners are one could argue the best team playing football right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. I mean, look at yeah. their win their win streak, and it just kind of comes down. Yannick, I'll ask you about this. Is it is it too good to be true that they've won however many games since the game after the McCaffrey trade? Is there they're gonna have to pay the piper against Seattle, or do you see them cruising? Um, they look unbeatable. Um, but I think Pete Carroll will find a way to make it a close game. Um, but I think the 49ers will pull off a pull off the victory. Um, maybe in maybe Brock Purdy will will bring some late late game heroics. We'll see, but. Yeah, I think the 49ers are too good to to be beaten by a seven seed Seahawks team. <laughs> um, yeah. Their running game is always incredible under Shanahan, and they have Debo Kittle and this defense under Demico Ryan's, who I think will be head coach in a few weeks. It's, they are just too good to lose this game. Yeah, aside from the quarterback, too, fully healthy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Wes, I'm sure San Francisco media is super. I don't know if they love this matchup because they have to know in their bones that they lose to Seattle too much. Uh, But A, what is the folks out in the Bay saying? And B, what does you, the folk, say about this matchup? I actually haven't spent a lot of time listening to what anybody's been saying around here. Um, I did see that uh, Pete Carroll has like a uh 65% win percentage against the 49ers which um helps but th- this is a a whole other beast that they're going to be going up against uh it'll be in San Francisco 
Um, I think it's probably going to rain. It's been raining for 16 days straight, it seems, <laughs> with a break here and there. Um, so that field might be soggy, which predicates and you know the better running team um i think with mccaffrey and mason running the ball debo sprinkled in there um and then the resurgence of george kittle uh with brock purdy um i i just think this 49er team is is set up perfectly in this game to just you know take advantage and, and take it but uh, you guys are correct that um, if there is going to be an upset, that this one uh, could sneak up on people uh, and surprise some people with uh, the history there. Uh, Pete Carroll obviously uh, knows this team, has coached against this team since he's been in the NFL uh, with Seattle and um, has had their number at times. Uh, but this isn't the Seattle defense that you know we grew up with with the Legion of Boom and uh, everything else. Um, so I, I just think San Francisco has too much talent. I was really hoping that you would, because usually when you make some call, I think notably this year you whispered that the Commanders could beat the Eagles in Philadelphia, and then it mm-hmm. happened. I was hoping this would be one where you said Seahawks, but it <laughs> doesn't feel like you're getting carried away. Uh, I think the Niners will win chiefly because I don't want them to, uh, because if they lose, that means the Vikings would be guaranteed a home playoff game in the divisional round against Brady or against Dallas. But because I, quote, need, in quote, them to lose, that means they'll win, and they'll probably beat their ass. Uh, that's how it usually goes when Vikings fans cheer for a certain thing to happen. Um, but I, I am intrigued by Carroll being able to scheme Shanahan um, for, for Vikings fans like Yannick and Wes and myself. It's kind of like Vikings being pretty damn good, drawing the Bears in round one. Or if you can remember that far back, Jason, to a good Broncos team, it would be like looking down and saying, oh, great, I get to play the Raiders now. What kind of shit are they going to do? That's, that, that's what it'll be like. Uh, precisely like that. We just don't really realize it because they're not in the divisions that our teams inhabit. So, yeah, I think the Niners will win by 10 to 14, and that'll be that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which brings us to Vikings Giants. So an interesting little story is if you turn on any form of NFL media, whether video or podcast or written, this is the one that everybody thinks the Vikings are going to get got because they have this, it's not new, but this underwater point differential, a team that won 13 games, got outscored by opponents by three. That's because they got uh, completely shellacked by the Cowboys, 40 to three, and then the Packers had their way with them two weeks ago. And because all of their wins, for the most part, were by one score, the point differential is upside down. So everybody looks at that. They look at the metrics. The Vikings aren't very good by the numbers. All The only thing good, credit Yannick for this quote, the only thing the Vikings are good at is winning. Everything else is either meh or not good. It's very odd. Uh, they turn it on in the fourth quarter. Suddenly, the defense becomes like a top 10 group. The offense is right there in the, the top five. It's very odd, and that's how they're winning games. But, Jason, I think you've chirped in our group chat that you expect the Vikings to win this one, and perhaps handily. What say you? Yep, 31-17, Vikes. This will be the, the multi-score, uh, double-digit, victory that you guys have been waiting for. I think this is going to be uh this is going to be great to see if you're a Vikings fan. 
I think uh, it's going to be electric up in U.S. Bank Stadium. I just think that they are much like I, I said about the. I think the Vikings are a far superior team to to the Giants, um, and I think that's going to come out. I mean, you look at the Giants too, though. The Giants have won their games eerily similar. Yeah, they have too. <laughs> um, but what the Giants mm-hmm. don't have is a comeback against a Super Bowl favorite. Mm-hmm. A double-digit comeback against a Super Bowl favorite at that. Um, you could throw the the largest comeback in NFL history in there, and then people will say, well, yeah, but it was against the Colts. Well, yeah, that still matters. So they've won some damn good games in, in ways that just don't squeak by at the end. Um, so they've won in a combination combination of ways. I've loved what they've done all year. Um, and they're not going against to just they're not going against the Packers and Jair. Alexander either. So that helps. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, yeah. He seemed to be the only guy that could uh, blanket Justin Jefferson this year. And I don't think, uh, I don't think the, the, the giants are going to have an answer for what they're going to see. Yannick, the, the thing about this game, it's a playoff game for the Vikings is if it remains close, if Jason's wrong and it is tight, we're going to be like, as fans we're like, Oh, we're used to this. Every game we play is like this. It's a playoff game. We've watched <laughs> 11 playoff games already, homie. Um, so Jason thinks that they'll win by two touchdowns. Uh, I'm going to guess that you're not quite that high. You'll be there. What is your prediction? Uh, I think the Vikings will win a close one, maybe by a field goal, like in uh, on Christmas Eve. Um, but I think they will win. They are a better team. Uh, Giants started the season six and one. And since then are three, six and one. Um, They've beaten two playoff teams this year, the Jaguars when they were still bad, mm-hmm. and the Ravens. So I don't I don't think they are as good as they as media thinks. Um yeah, but, but it will be a close game because I've seen that too often this year. Uh Wes, so I need I need some nuanced analysis from you because this is your team. Um A, who do you predict predict will win? And what do the Vikings have to do to avoid an upset? I I echo what uh Janik said. That this will be a close game. Um Vikings have uh eleven uh one score victories under their hat. Uh the Giants are next in line with eight one-score victories under their hat. Uh, I believe the Vikings do enough to come out of this one victorious. Um, we were off air after the uh, Vikings-Packer game, so we didn't really get to talk too much about that, but um, I think what Kevin O'Connell needs to do if uh, the Vikings get matched up against these sticky defensive backs where they're going to be handsy early on. And that usually tends to have Jefferson quit in a way because he gets frustrated that he's not getting the the calls. They need to line up. uh, They need to stack Jefferson and Hawkinson on one side, run a bubble screen for Jefferson and just let Hawkinson knock the snot out of whatever that defensive back is across from him. Um, the the way to beat 
physical corners is to be physical right back. And, and I think that in the games where Jefferson's been taken away, that's happened. We saw it early in the season with uh, Philadelphia. We mm-hmm. saw it um, in this latest game against Green Bay uh, with Jair Alexander. Uh, so I, I think that that needs to be a focal point. Um, I don't necessarily think that'll happen with uh, the Giants, but whoever we play in the next round, I, I can guarantee you that's going to be the case. So uh, there needs to be a plan in place to where they can pivot if that is uh, occurring. And, you know, even if they get flagged for whatever they do, that there needs to be an emphasis. There needs to be a point made because that's exactly what these uh, defensive backs are doing. They're making it a point to grab, to hold. They don't care if they get flagged early on. Um, that was something that Zimmer used to preach is <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll take a, a penalty or two. They're not going to call it every single time. Mm-hmm. So, um that's what I'd like to see from the Vikings offense, from the Vikings defense. Um, I, I'd like to see a complete game. I, I don't think we've seen a complete game from them. And um, in the playoffs, we, we are definitely going to need it. Um, we can't have the mental lapses. Uh, take it back to the last Giants game. They let the, the Giants go right down the field and Saquon Barkley run right up the gut for a 20 so yard touchdown to, to tie the game. So um, I'd like to see a complete game from the defense and then the offense being able to pivot. If um, the opposing defensive back is getting a little handsy. So I asked you in a text message a couple days ago that if it indeed plays out as Vikings at 49ers, because you live, what, 45 minutes from the 49ers stadium, would you go? And he said, well, I don't want to go watch just a buzzsaw happen. So what do you need to see from these Vikings to give you confidence that they're not just going to get their ass beat the following week? What would you need to see? Uh, Pretty much what I just laid out. Okay. I would need to see the defense play a, a complete game and then um, some creativity on offense. If it gets to a point where frustration is occurring that, you know, we can pivot mid game to, to help ease that frustration. Um, the other thing, as you are aware uh the 49ers don't play in San Francisco, even though they are, are named that they play about an hour away. And, uh, I'm pretty sure I would, if I, if I go, it would be solo. So, yeah. um, I, I'd almost rather <coughs> watch it from the comfort of my own couch. I hear you. That's why I successfully somehow talked Yannick out of going to the Packer Vikings game in week 17. And I'm so <laughs> glad I did. Cause that would have been such a terrible drive home after yes. just getting it handed to nothing. No silver linings from the game whatsoever. Uh, all right. So I have the Vikings in a similar vein as Jason, because I've, I've just 
scene in my head like three times in the past month where I'm like, God, they got to this got to be a win there somewhere where they can win convincingly. And I think it's too poetic that they've had all of these one score wins. I think they're going to put it together just to give us enough enough hope that maybe they'll beat San Francisco. And that's why I'm cheering so hard for the Seahawks, because then they would host a game against the Cowboys or the Bucks. Oh, I don't think I, I don't think we missed anything um, tonight. Is there any? Let's see. Jason, you want Harbaugh as the next Broncos coach, right? Yeah, I do. I do. I would love him uh, 100%. Almost uh, he, the Vikings coach last year, sir. Yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> and, you know, I was, I was like, good for you guys. We got our guy already. You know, I was all happy, you know. But, uh, no, I think Harbaugh is the type of coach that can come in there and uh, command the respect and uh, get that get that um, that team whipped into shape. Um, I, some news broke while we were doing the podcast here about, um, the, the, the Broncos interviewing, uh, David Shaw, which was interesting. I, uh, I tagged you guys in it. Um, but you know, I mean, he was, he's worked under Harbaugh before as well. And, you know, they, they interviewed him for the head coaching gig, but you know, that could be a, that could be a potential way to lure Harbaugh even more and, uh, have an offensive coordinator in place. So. So Harbaugh is your man. Uh, Yannick, who do the Broncos hire at head coach? Uh, I think they are going to hire Dan Quinn, who Russell Wilson said he wants as head coach, or at least in consideration. Um, so I think he'll get his wish um, in, in an attempt to make him happy and hopefully get more <laughs> out of him than he did this year. I think he uh, was a finalist last year, right, Jason? For the job, he was. He okay. was. Yep. And we and had along with your guys' coach. Yeah, that's right. We had the yeah. Oh, John Elway made sure to let the media know that he wanted O'Connell. Like when <laughs> yeah. the Vikings were about seven and one, he was like, "Hey, that was my guy." Yeah, yeah. Uh, very Elway, Elway thing to do. Uh, let's see. Uh, Benjamin Albright, the wonderful Benjamin Albright, came on about three weeks ago and told us that well, like almost like. Uh, a wink wink thing that it was probably Quinn. This was before the Harbaugh dust kicked up. So we shall keep our tabs on Quinn. Wes, who's the Broncos next head coach? I uh, will throw a curveball with no no background on on him going there or any of that, but um he's a candidate I liked last year for potentially the Vikings, and that will be uh D'Amico Ryan's. Ooh, okay. Oh. Yeah. yeah, he got uh let's see. I can't remember. I always get this confused because it was swept up by Harbaugh mania, but I think he, it was like between O'Connell, Demeco, that Patrick Graham, was it mm-hmm. that dude from the giants? And, yeah. and then obviously Harbaugh for what about three or four days, we were certain even the Michigan <laughs> reporters were, I, I still have the tweet. The guy never deleted it. It said that he was ready to accept the job. Like it was a done deal, but no, yeah, he, that's yeah. They're interviewing a, like a bunch of other guys too. Like I like Shaw. I didn't even know he was interviewing. It just happened today along with yeah. Jim Caldwell. And you know, they're, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. I I'm hoping for Harbaugh, but it doesn't really matter what I hope for because usually even <laughs> if I get it, it doesn't work. So I just can't imagine Harbaugh has won every single place he's gone. Mm-hmm. So the, what he has done is, is indisputable. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, you cannot argue that 
no matter what you do. And I know what the, the, the kind of control and the kind of power that he's looking for. And with, you know, our ownership group um, announcing that, the, you know, whoever this guy is, is going to be reporting directly to him and superseding George Payton even. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I, I just can't imagine them giving that kind of clout to, to just anybody. But we'll wait and see. It'll be it'll be interesting. I just uh, hope we can get back on track next year. The one thing that if they do end up hiring Harbaugh, it will feel like the Vikings coaching switch last year because he is the anti Hackett. Hackett was fun loving, like, oh yeah, well, yeah, we're gonna do great just because we are. And Harbaugh is almost like a psychopathic type of personality where that control is there. Some of the stuff he says, you're like, what did he just say? Yeah, um, yeah well, some yeah. of the players came out and said they didn't want him there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he, he's kind of I don't know if he's a throwback to old school. I think he's his own school. Where, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just that, you know, he grits his teeth and he says stuff and you're like, what did he mean by that? Yeah, um, he's kind of like a big Fangio, only, only grit, grimier. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but 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 with a track record that nobody can dispute. No, not at all. That's that's why, even though I thought it was weird from the onset, that the Vikings ownership would say right after the day that Zimmer was fired, we're going to take this culture in a completely different direction. We want a collaborator and then we're going to go get Harbaugh who it's anti-collaborator. It's him. You collaborate to his ass. And so I started to talk myself into it just like you're doing because there's no disputing where he goes, they win. And that's ultimately what you're starved for because they haven't reached the postseason since they won the Super Bowl, which is a complete culture change is what they need. And I mean, that's what he would provide. And I don't really give a shit if any of those players (laughs) like it. I mean, I don't think anybody does. No, you, know, you, that's, you tried the happy-go-lucky thing, and you know, look where it got you. So, <laughs> yeah. No, you did. I mean, everybody on this show and everybody in America was like, oh, Hackett, yep, this is going to be sweet. And then you had Russell Wilson, and that's going to be sweet. And then like, you held on so long thinking, all right, week five, they're going to turn it around. And then it just never happened. You know, and I and I never blamed Hackett at all either. I was so mystified by how bad it went. <sighs> and I just like, there were so many things that were wrong. I just couldn't pinpoint that directly to the coach but it's like you remove him and it looks like a completely different team yeah i don't know how i mean they played the chiefs competitively that that game actually looked you could actually watch that game and enjoy it <laughs> uh and but uh you know i think hackett was just the anti-fangio mm-hmm. which yeah. i think they just swung so far to the other side that <laughs> there's like this guy whoa this guy's a breath of fresh air yeah. we gotta hire him no, and that's how it goes. You even alluded to about 45 minutes ago, American politics. That's how we vote. Um, like, you know, you had you had eight years of Obama, who was kind of a polished, like one of the best orders of our time to Trump, who's brash and, you know, just this ginormous personality. And then four years of that, and America said, I'm done. I want somebody's grandpa. And that's what they, that's <laughs> yeah. what they went and did. So it's yeah, that, that's true. It's that and you always make the mistake of sw- swinging way too far <laughs> to the other side. And it's like, well, let's just let's just rein it back a little bit because everybody's looking at George Payton like he's an idiot. But yeah. I mean, you got to remember the finalists. You got Kevin O'Connell's doing great things in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn who's still doing awesome things in freaking Dallas. And then you got Hackett who had. You know, Rogers coming out and saying, if he goes anywhere, I want to go where he goes, you know, mm-hmm. so talking nothing but great things about him. So it's like package just fleeced us. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> gave an awesome interview, pulled one over on George Payton, who's a very, very good football mind, mm-hmm. uh, got the job. 
and we paid the price, a significant price for it. He didn't, guy didn't even call the plays in, in Green Bay, but everybody glossed over it. Yeah, no, Hackett did what we wish we could do in all of our job interviews. It is convince our potential employer that we're the shit. Yeah, I <laughs> completely that- <laughs> make him gloss over his resume because his resume didn't include any play calling. Well, well you, sir, are the king of that. You did <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> you did that your whole life till you landed on your feet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I did. My goal was to get in there and make him. God, but geez, what an interviewer he must be. Hackett. Oh, man. All right. Good for him, though. Good on him. Yeah, I know. And he'll he'll he needs to go right back to the OC uh, wire, and he'll be he'll be fine. Bill Lafleur said he's welcome back at Green Bay anytime. Yeah, because some of these dudes just can't make the jump, at least in their first try, and that's 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 like every walk of life. Sometimes I should have known. I should have known there was something fishy when they only did an hour and a half worth of practice at training camp. <laughs> should have sniffed that one out. Yeah. All right. Well, the last thing I'll call out just for posterity is that the really only big notable disagreement we had in these games was Cowboys and Buccaneers. Um, Everything else was kind of a consensus. We have this hope, including Jason, for the draft part of it. The Seahawks will stun the 49ers. We don't think it's realistic. But then again, I don't think any of us. I don't know what Wes said. I don't don't think any of us predicted the Lions would beat the Packers on Sunday. And I'll be damned if they didn't. All right. That's what we got. We'll be back next week to preview the divisional round, which is my favorite round of football because it is wall-to-wall football Saturday and Sunday. And it's the four best games that you can imagine with having four games because when you get to the conference championship, it's only two games. So that's always my personal little speech on the division round. Gentlemen, we'll talk to you in one week. It'll be fun. You guys have a good one. All right. All right. Thanks, Yannick, for, for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.